How are we doing today, Legacy? Okay. There we go. Thank you. Uh, I am so glad that you're here with us today to wrap up this uh, self-care series. Honestly, there are so many more topics we could talk about, so many more directions that we could go, um, and, and so many things that we could cover, but we're going to have to put a pin in it, and we'll hopefully come back to it maybe sometime after the new year, next year sometime, because we're getting ready to go into one of my favorite times of the year, this whole uh, Advent, Christmas, beautiful, wonderful season. And so, uh, so we'll be moving into that next week, but today we are going to finish our self-care series series, and I believe that God has directed me towards some verses and, and some thoughts that I believe is really going to help many of us in this room today. And uh, But first, I do have to ask, is there are there any uh, iPhone users in the house? Let me see. How many iPhone users? Okay, cool, cool, cool. How about uh, any any Android users in the house? Anybody would have felt, yeah, okay, so about 50-50. All right, so so I got my, uh, my new Pixel 4 the other day. And I have to say, uh, this thing, like, I love this thing. It's an incredible phone. Um, it, it, it is amazing. The camera is unreal. The battery life is phenomenal. Uh, it's, it's just so fast. Uh, but but here's, here's why I tell you this. I'll, may, I'll mostly want you to know, uh, church, that there is life beyond the iPhone. So I just want you to know that uh, there is life beyond the iPhone. And uh, <laughs> scripture, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, uh, here's the thing. It, it, I love the, the fact that we live in 2019 has some serious perks to it. I, I think that uh, you, you think about the days, if you think back to when you had the old Razor phone or whatever flip phone, and listen, listen, don't get me wrong, I do miss those days, uh, but you think back to when you had those phones and how difficult it was to like look things up and know things, and or even when you go all the way back to the huge car, this will date some people, does anybody remember? having the huge car phone. Did anybody have one of those? Okay, there's a couple of hands in here. It was, it, was a, it was like this big and like it was like Zach Morris style. I love it. And even that reference might date me as well. Um, and, and so uh, smartphones came along and they changed the game. And it's literally changed our lives. I was just thinking the other day, I was thinking about the things, I was like in line and I was thinking about the things that I could do while I'm standing in line at Lowe's with my phone. And, and, and those things are just like, it's unbelievable uh, compared to back in the day when you would have to log on to the internet. Does anybody remember dial-up internet? Okay. It made a sound like that. If you never experienced that sound, I'm, I'm so sorry. You missed out on just a key portion of life. Uh, you, you got on there, AOL, right? AIM, anybody? Yep. All right, so AIM was awesome. All right, but today, here, here's, here's the thing. Today, you can be standing in line at Walmart. And, and you could be standing there waiting because they only have one register open and there's a thousand people there and you're waiting in line at Walmart and, and you could be thinking, hey, you know what? I've got to get this gift for my friend, but it's a little expensive here, the thing I want to get. So I'm just going to go ahead and get on my phone right now and order it. Amazon Prime, boom, it will be here in like a day or two depending on what I choose. So, so we, can, we just have that power right here. At, you can pull your phones out right now and you can have groceries waiting for you when you get home. Think about that. You might, you might be thinking about the fact that when I get home, I have nothing to eat. I have no food. No problem. You've got options. You've got Instacart. You've got DoorDash. You've got a couple of different things that you can do. The, the fact that we have, like, Google Maps. Here, here's what's weird about my phone. Um, it knows my schedule, and it knows, like, when I leave and go do things. It knows my routines, and it immediately just goes ahead and tells me when it's about time for me to leave for somewhere. It tells me how long it's going to take me to get to the destination that I'm going to, and I haven't even told it where I'm going uh, because it, it, it just knows me. It knows, it knows my life. It knows all about me. It knows how long it's going to take to get to the coffee shop. It knows how long it's going to take to get home. It's always eight minutes because it's Greenwood, and so uh, that's it, and it tells me um, what's going on. 
you can wonder aloud. You can say, hey, Google, what are the symptoms of measles? Oh, she's doing it, but she's turned, she's on silent. Okay, so uh, she actually did it. Um, and so uh, you can just know. You have access, just all the different things at your fingertips. You know, hey, what's the population of Texas? Who invented the Oreo? I can just figure that out right now. It's a couple of clicks away. Now, I do know, I do know this, that I'm not the only one who loves this thing, okay? Because if you pay attention today when you go out to lunch, when you look around, look, next time you're at a restaurant, look around, you see a group of friends sitting there, and what are they all doing? Right? They're all doing this. Everybody's sitting there. They're like looking. They're, 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 they're into their phone. They're looking at their phone. Sometimes they're like sending each other things and saying things to each other via their phone, and they're just like two feet from each other's faces. Um, like everybody's just kind of doing that, and then we're constantly like, oh, man, I'm just, look, I just got to check this thing. I got to look this thing up. I got to check my Instagram likes. I got to check on, you know, what's a faster way to get to the next place that we're going, right, or, or this one's on me. I got to check my fantasy football because it's Sunday, and um, I'm stressing about my team. I got to make the playoffs, and so, so the crazy thing is, this is what I've realized, just like the, the craziest thing about all of this is as much as this is added to uh, our lives, as much as this benefits our lives, I know, at least for me, it comes at a little bit of a cost. Because if I'm not careful, this thing will distract me from the people I'm around. It'll distract you from friends and family, relationships and, and work. I wonder, have you ever been at a place, like a concert maybe, or, or at this like amazing, beautiful place, beautiful environment, instead of focusing on the music and, and the concert or, or, or the environment, you're instead focused on trying to make a video so you can upload it to Insta Stories. Right, or you're just at somewhere beautiful. Here's like the Grand Canyon right in front of me. This this incredible, just just beautiful work of art from God, and you've got this thing in front of you. And instead of just taking it in, like, man, this is amazing, God. Uh, you're you're over there trying to choose like what filter to put on, you know, the the different thing. Right, you're you're trying to. It adds something to our lives. I know that, but it also comes at a cost. And I know for me, it comes at a cost of some pretty important arenas. In life, relationally, it can distract you from the people you're around. For me, my, my, my wife, my children, from, from you, friends, relationships, family members. And so here's the reason I start there is because tonight we're going to talk about, this morning, we're going to talk about uh, the things in our lives. We're going to talk about things in our lives that drain the life out of you. Things in our lives that drain the life out of you. I'm convinced that for many of us, our phones are one of the things that are draining the life out of us. It, it allows us to, to sometimes get the most out of life because we, we see it and we know it and we do it and whatever, while also sacrificing the most important things. So here's what I, what, what I want to do right now is have everyone in the room, go ahead and take your phone out and just kind of like hold it up. Let me see it. And I want to challenge you to do something we've never done at Legacy City. I want you to turn your phones off. I'm doing it right now. Power off. Now, now, not not put it on airplane mode, right? I know. Listen, I know gasp just went out across this room. I get it. Heart palpitations. Somebody's starting to get the sweats thinking about turning their phone off right now. It's like, what? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? What kind of church is this? All right, hear, hear me out. I'm encouraging you to turn off your phone for like 30 minutes. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking as you're like nervously fidgeting around trying to find the power off, but you probably don't even know where it is because you've never intentionally powered the phone off. It only goes off when it dies, 
right? You've never done it on purpose before. Listen, here's, here's what's crazy. We, we, we get all panicked, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do without my phone? There's, there's even a phobia uh, that's been named. It's called nomophobia. No mobile phobia. This is a real thing. You can look it up, but not on your phone because you just turned it off. So, so I, and I get it. You're wondering, so what if, what if you know, so-and-so texts me back? You know the great thing about the phone is? That text message will be there waiting for you when you turn it back on in a little bit. Right? What if my mom calls? Well, you know what? Like, she'll leave a voicemail, and it'll be there waiting for you when you turn the phone back on. Like, those things don't get lost. You may also be thinking, like, what if you're kind of boring, Pastor, like, talking today? <laughs> that's fair. That's a, real, that's a real challenge. I don't know how to help you with that. You know, twiddle your thumbs or something. Maybe you're like, well, what if there's a national emergency? Listen, I've thought all of this through, all right, uh, because I want Ian, our production director in the back, he, I want him to keep his phone on. Uh, and, and you know what's going to happen is if, if there's a national emergency, if the U.S. decides to go to war, he's going to let us know. He's going to make sure that we have that information, and we'll pass that on to you so everybody knows. Campus safety, others out in the lobby, they're going to have their phones on as well. But for the next 30 minutes, I just want you to tune in as we talk about the things that drain the life out of us. The good news is, is you won't be draining the life out of your phone while you're doing that because it'll be off. So there you go. In fact... Segue into this. Just like it's possible for a battery in your phone to get drained, I think many of us walked into this theater this morning, and, and there are things, in addition to the phone and, and constant distractions that come from it, that are draining the life out of you. They're draining the joy out of you, the peace out of you. And, and let me just say this up front, it is not the way God wants you to live. So, so we wanted to wrap up this series by covering some of the, the most key arenas in your life uh, that is being, where, where, where your life is just being sucked out of you because there is a solution. And God's word discusses how you and I can experience uh, not being drained of life but actually being filled with it. And so this morning we're going to cover two drains. And, and, then, and then one thing that if you and I commit to, it, it is the thing that ultimately fills and sustains us in life. It's going to come from a story that's found in Luke chapter 10. And if you've been in church for any period of time, if you grew up in church, you've probably read this story, you've heard this story, you may be familiar with it. It's a story that involves two sisters. And inside of this story, one of the sisters gives us two examples of some of the things that still today, I believe, still drain the life out of you and me. And then the other sister gives us the thing, and really all throughout the Bible, it's indicated that if you and I commit to this one thing, you will consistently experience being charged, energized in life, no matter the circumstances you face, no matter what you walk through. And, and so we're going to look at these two things that drain us and then one thing that helps sustain us in the midst of that. And this is found in Luke chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 38. It should be on the screen behind me and you'll, you can just read along. Uh, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And, and she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that, that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. 
Okay, so we'll stop there. If you've grown up in church, you may have heard this story. Jesus, he goes through town and he just shows up and Martha, who, who has this house, invites Jesus and all of his disciples into her home. And, and Jesus begins to teach the disciples as he does on many occasions. And Mary, her sister, is not helping her put together, like, like, like what are we going to serve Jesus and his boys? Like, do we have some pita bread, some hummus, like some olives? What are we going to give these guys? And she's not really helping. And so Martha's in there kind of doing all the work. Mary's just sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha, who again, like owns the home, is the one preparing and going through all the different preparations that need to take place. And so she comes to Jesus and she says, hey, hey, what's the deal? My sister is, is over here being a lazy bum sitting at your feet, and I need some help in the kitchen, like sweeping things up and getting things ready. Will you tell her to come and help me? And, and she begins like almost kind of like bossing Jesus around, and Jesus says, she has chosen something better than all of the things that are weighing you down and distracting you, Martha. And when I, when I read that story, like initially, there's something about Martha that I resonate with. Like probably a lot of us do. Partly because we live in a world where everyone celebrates a Martha. Like, like not Martha in the story, but the actual idea of being a kind of Martha in general. And what do I mean by Martha? I mean a go-getter. I mean, a go -get I mean somebody who's like on it, who's after it, who's getting stuff done. She's the girl you want on your staff. She's the girl you want to work with, work alongside. She's getting after it. She owns the home. She's paying the mortgage. She's paying the bills. Mary is more of a freeloader, right? That's the picture that we're, that's painted here. Our girl's just sitting in there, just hanging out. There's a lot to respect about Martha. Martha's somebody who has drive and ambition. Mary's just kind of like a wallflower sitting around doing nothing seemingly. And I look at Martha, and I'm like, man, I, I kind of feel for Martha. The tragedy is that in trying to get all these different things done, she was distracted from the one who's most important. And it kind of ended up costing her. The same thing, I believe, is relevant for you and me, church. So, so, so listen, there are some things that are good qualities about Martha. There are some really, really good qualities. The point of the story is not that you should never get things done and have drive and ambition for things. The point of the story is to not max out your life and, and thus miss out on what is most important. The first adjective used to describe Martha in, in, this, in this passage that we read, the first adjective is distracted. She was distracted by many things. The, the word distracted is, is the first thing that I want to talk about. The first drain that is going to come for you in your life, the first thing that's sucking the energy out of you right now is this idea of you being, of you being uh, drained from distractions. What does distracted mean? It's literally a word that means to be pulled in many different directions. There's a French word for torture. Um, like if they really wanted to, to torture someone, they would distract them. And so what they would do is they would tie ropes to each of their limbs, their legs and, and, their, and their arms, and they would have horses run in every direction. You can just imagine the rest. Some refer to this as quartering, others as death by dismemberment, but the French had another word for it, distraction. It means being pulled in different directions. The first thing that is going to drain and suck the life out of you is being pulled in a million different directions at the expense of the things that are the most important in your life. And so for Martha, man, what a tragedy that the Son of God, the most important person in all of human history, comes into her house. And instead of focusing on him, she's distracted by the, like, I need to make sure I'm cleaning the floors in here and doing these things and I'm getting something to eat and all the different preparations. And she misses out on being around Jesus, the one who dies for all of mankind because of these distractions, these distractions that are 
draining and pulling at her. So here's why this is so relevant. You are constantly being distracted and are going to be tempted to be distracted away from focusing on Jesus, focusing on your faith, focusing on the things that really matter. Not only did you walk in here and and you've got things pulling at you, you've got social media and you've got work and you've got this, there are a million different things that you should be checking and doing right now, a million different things you should be focusing on. Some of you have maybe even already turned your phones back on. Right, like it's already been a minute and a half, and I can't take it anymore. And and because it's vying for your attention, it's pulling and distracting you. And if that wasn't enough, there are things in life that are going to constantly be pulling for your attention. They're not even bad things, like 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 they're realities. All of us came in the theater today, and whether it's your job, you know, like where you work, it's going to be pulling for our attention. If you're not careful to focus your life in the midst of distraction on the things that matter the most, you may max out your life, but you will miss out on the things that are most important because you can only handle so much. All right, the key, the remedy, the the solution to being drained from distraction is focusing. Focusing focusing on your life, uh, not on the things that you need to get done, not on your to-do list, but focusing your life every single day on this one question, what are the things that Jesus wants me to do? At the end of the day, our worldly daily checklist, the, the million things that are fighting for my attention, some seemingly important, others less so, all of them are useless if they come at the expense of doing what Jesus actually wants me to do. Let me uh, let's see if I can get Jordan to come up here f- real quick. Help me with something. Let's see, this is a good spot, I think, maybe. We'll not step on things. So, so Jordan, uh, he's been recently getting back into the gym. Been, <laughs> he's been been spending some time at, at I think Dylan's gym is there in the back and, um, and and I wanted to bring a treadmill in here for this illustration but I was confident there wasn't going to be enough room and I think I made the right call and and so instead we've got this like you know step box here and so he's going to do some steps which I think lines up probably a little bit more with CrossFit am, am I right yeah, Dylan yeah so so he's gonna so he's gonna do some steps go ahead and just start doing some steps there and um, and we're. <laughs> so he's going to get some steps in. He's going to get his workout in this morning. And, uh, and, and let's say that this treadmill, we're going to call this the treadmill, if you don't mind going with me on this, is moving at the same pace for all of us. All right, it's moving at the very same pace. And, and, and it's going to move at, you know, like five miles an hour, six miles an hour. And, and Jordan's going to pick up different things. And he's going he's gonna to run, uh, at, but, he, but he's going to be limited at, with what he can carry. Okay, and he's going to run at the same pace for all of us. All of us have 24 hours in a day. Every single person in this room, including Jordan, including myself, including Dylan, we all have 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. And so you have to decide what are the things that I'm going to carry, the things that I can handle. And so Jordan, he's going to carry some different things with him, right? Like, like he's, he's going to carry his Bible, all right? He's got a commitment to God's word, and he's going to carry his Bible. He's going to put attention toward that. He's got to put attention toward uh, his job. So he's got to put attention toward his, his job. And then also he needs to put attention toward his calling. We'll let this represent, you know, some of the, the church work he's got going on and, and some of his calling. And, and so he's got that. And he's, you know, the other thing is, is that Jordan, he's got a beautiful bride. And he has, to, he has to care for their marriage properly. So we've got a date box for him to kind of take care of that. And so he's got the date box he's got to carry as he's stepping along at the same pace. Um, and then, you know what? He's also a musician. He's got to continue uh, to hone his skills and so uh, he's got to carry with him 
He's got to carry with him uh, these things. He's got to get a little bit better at that. And, 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 then, and then, you know, you need to have some sort of a health life, right? You've got to have some sort of a, a health and fitness life. And so he's got to carry that with him as he goes. And, uh, and maybe a social life, too. We love social things. And so uh, here's a board game so you can play socially with some friends. And so he's got that. And, and, and so on top, he's got all of this stuff. Oh, you guys have cats, right? Uh, you guys got cats. So... Um, <laughs> Here's a cat for you, and uh, he's got to carry that, got to take care of his pets, all right? And, and, and then on top of all that, he's got social media. So um, here, we'll, uh, let's, let's put this, uh, you, got a, you got a place for this one here. I'll put this one in your pocket, all right? So social media, he's got to carry that with him as well. I don't think that's going in there. That's a, that's a tight pocket. All right, there you go. So he's got the social media piece covered. He's got all that. This, these things have his attention. Now, Jordan, if you could just run a little bit harder and try a little bit harder, then maybe that job situation would work out for you, right? Like, Jordan, if you would just, like, move a little bit faster, then, then maybe you wouldn't have to work so hard at your marriage and get things done on that end. And so, so there we go. And that was too much. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jordan. You saved the phone and the computer. That's the most important thing. And the Bible, and the Bible obviously. <laughs> Holy Bible. There it is. You got the switch now? <laughs> Take that phone back out of your pocket. It's turned off, so I don't really need it, but there we go. Um, isn't that the way life goes? Like life falls apart, but you, you hold on to the phone. That's the most important thing. Thank you, Jordan. Here's the point. You can only carry so many things. You can only carry so much. The choice is what am I going to prioritize? What are the things that I'm going to not let go of? Because if you try to carry too many things, you are going to drop something. Something is going to fall off. And then, and then there's time. You're, you're either going to not have a choice over the things you drop or you're going to end up dropping things that are the most important. And I've seen it so many times. The first thing to go is your relationship with God. Or, or maybe the connection to the church or other believers. Your relationship to the people around you. That's the first thing to go. And it, it always tends to be that way because we view it for some reason as less important when in actuality it is the most important. It is the most crucial. And, and so uh, you have to focus not on all the things that you need to get done, but every day ask the question, Lord, what does Jesus want me to do today? What am I supposed to be doing today? What does it look like to live out or to fulfill not all that's on my to-do list, not all the things that I have to do and have to carry as I'm walking along, everything hanging over my head, but just today, what does God want from me? Man, what if we really woke up and asked that every single day and then live that out in our daily lives? I believe it would make a huge impact and a huge difference. Can I, can I help somebody today at church? Here are some of the things that God wants from you today for you to walk in relationship with him, for, for you to know him, for you to spend time in his word. Here, here's something else. We call, all came into this theater, and we all have these different things that we need to get done, and we've got our side hustles, and we've got to make sure that we're posting and keeping up with all the people around us. But what does Jesus want from you today? <laughs> None of those things. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be focused on caring for the people around you. Another thing Jesus wants is he wants you to sleep. This is a very practical one. He wants you to rest. 
Uh, Psalm 127, 2 says, It is in vain that, that you rise up early and go, to late, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he, this is God, some of you guys need to memorize this verse, gives to his beloved sleep. Like at the end of the day, he, he wants you to rest. He wants you to be energized. He wants you to be recharged. And, and at the end of the day, if you, you have a million things that are going to fight for your attention, the question before you and me is, Jesus, what do you want from me right now? The way that, that you and I have, can have focus from distraction is not by focusing on all that needs to be done, on everything going on around me, but asking, what does Jesus want from me today? It's kind of like if my wife asked me, like, she does this often, hey, will you go to the store? I need you to go and get some some cheese and some sour cream and some beans. Yeah, we eat a lot of tacos, whatever. So I want you to go get these things from the store. That's my typical shopping list. And uh, and, and she says, here are these things. She gives me the I go to Publix, right? I, here I go. I step in the Publix. I'm in there. I'm looking around, checking out all the stuff. And, 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 and if I was to take my list and go to Publix, and then all of a sudden I'm bombarded by, by everything going on at Publix, and I'm like, oh, whoa, they've got samples. And I'm going over there checking out the samples, and I'm picking up that recipe and thinking, do we have these things? Can I make these things? And, and I'm looking at that, and then, wait a minute. They have now taken Pop-Tarts and put them into cereal. And I start looking at that. That's a thing. I'm just saying. And, and so, uh, and then I'm looking around, and whoa, the beef jerky's on sale. And, and there these, 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 these things are pretty cool, and there's a new flavor of Mountain Dew. Never heard of that. And, and so I just begin to go through the store. I start filling up my cart, and, and I use my time not to get the things that are on my list, but things that, that I was like, well, you know what? I do need some more of that. I need more soap, and, and I think we might need more trash bags. And I start to fill up my cart with things that I think we need, but they're not actually the things on the list that my wife has given me. You know what? I failed. Like I failed. I missed out on the purpose. The reason I'm at Publix in the first place, in the same way how many of us go through life and fulfill all kinds of different things. You have an amazing car. You, you have a great job. You're, you're in a great relationship. You've got the new iPhone or Pixel or whatever. And you're living large. You're experiencing everything the world thinks you need and, and everything that maybe you're like, this, is, this stuff is awesome, this stuff is great, this is where life is found, and you're not reading and doing the things on the list. Can I tell you, church, you're failing. If that's where you're at, you're failing. You are missing out on everything God wants from you. You're missing out on the peace that comes when you will simply say, I'm not going to focus on everything else that needs to be done, Jesus. What do you want me to do? There's just such a peace that comes with that. Now, I promise if you will begin to ask that question, focus your attention on that, you will experience that peace. I didn't get all the things done that I was supposed to get done. My car registration is still in need of being changed, whatever. But I was faithful today in this conversation, in this moment. And one of the things that's going to drain and suck the life out of you is a constant distraction from the things that matter the most. You will max out your life, but you will also miss out on, on the, in life on the things that matter the most. Many of you know who uh, Francis Chan is. He, he's a pastor who's been in the, the Christian news, I guess, a little lately because he and his family have decided to basically sell everything and become missionaries. And, um, and, and he had this, his quote that I've, that I've always loved and appreciated. He says this. He says, our greatest fear should not be failure, um, but succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. 
I could have just read that and we could have walked out because that's such there's so much power and there's so much wisdom in that quote alone. Not just not failure, but actually succeeding at the things in life that don't matter much, that don't really matter. And, And when I look around Greenwood, the thing I fear the most, the thing that that candidly I fear the most for my life is spending my life focused on things that don't matter. Like where I live, what house I live in, the amount of money I make, where my kids go to college. How many of us are going to spend our lives being successful at everything except what actually matters? What a tragedy that would be. Am, am I saying that some of you should change jobs? Yes. Am I saying that some of you need to go, like, get off the dating apps because it's all you're focused on? Yes. Am I saying that some of you need to stop your side hustle, your little Etsy business, your side job, whatever it is? Yes. If it is costing you on the things that really matter. So you can focus your attention, not just get the most done, but focus on the things that matter the most. Here's the second principle that we see from Martha. Uh, who was, she was being drained because she was distracted, pulled in all these different directions, is that she was also anxious and overwhelmed. Jesus says in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Okay, the second way that, that like Martha, we can be drained is from distress. From carrying stresses and burdens we were never meant to carry. All of us came into this theater this morning carrying stress, things that are weighing us down. And and the God who's here is saying, those things are going to drain you. Just like certain apps are going to drain your battery more than others, carrying those things is something that you were never meant to carry. They will drain the life out of you. Here it is, church. God doesn't want you to experience that. They will drain you to a point where it just feels like, like I have no joy I'm just depressed. I don't even like where I am. I don't like who I am as a person. And, and I came to tell somebody today, God is inviting you. You're not meant to carry those things. For, for Martha, she, she was drained by all the stress of stuff to get done. But for us, I think it looks like getting anxious and distressed uh, by a few other different things. And, and here are some of the quick ones that I could think of. The first is comparison. Have you ever had that moment where you can feel like anxiety um, about something, you feel anxiety over what you don't have, but others do have, and you just found out they had it like five seconds ago. You're like, I just pulled up Instagram, and they have this new car. I need a new car right now. I need that new car. All of a sudden, I'm just stressed and anxious over the fact that they have this, this car, or they're always on vacation. I feel like I need a vacation. It can be through comparison about what others have and and what I don't, about how much he's making and where uh, I should be in my life right now, about how they have children and I should have those, or or they're married already and I wish I were married already, or they're dating and I wish I were in a relationship. By comparison, all of a sudden, you can experience stress. The other way you can be drained and, 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 and take on burdens you weren't meant to carry is through sin. A lot of the most stressful situations that are weighing many of us down inside this room are related to sin. Listen, it's a stressful thing to hide pornography. It's a stressful thing to have an addiction because you always have to feed that constantly. It's a stressful thing to live in a relationship or to be living with someone and, not, and know that they're not the one that God has for you. It's a stressful thing, and it, and it kind of gnaws at you. Like you're carrying a burden you were never really meant to carry. And the third arena of the burdens we can feel is in, in this life is just simply circumstances. Simply just 
this, this one that, that if it's not affecting you right now, it is going to affect you at some point in your life if, if you live long enough. Just circumstances. It, there's just a fact of living in a broken world that we're going to face some, some tough stuff. Somebody is going to get cancer. Marriages don't go the way that we hoped. Right? The company has a layoff and you lose your job. It, it, these things happen and you can feel burdened from carrying on these circumstances and the stress that comes from living in a broken world. I know this is getting kind of sad and depressing now, which might be causing you more stress and anxiety. But can I give you some good news today? Whatever burdens you're carrying, they all have the same solution. Surrender those burdens to Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I wonder, is this this idea helping somebody? How chill could Martha have been had she gone to Jesus and been like, hey, look, I'm a little worried about the food scenario. Uh, You guys just showed up, and I I don't want to be that person, but I ain't got nothing in the pantry. But I do know that a week ago, you took bread and fish, and you fed like 15,000 people, so I'm pretty sure you can handle it. Like, what if she had just said that and sat down? How different would her emotional experience have been saying, I'm not going to carry this weight. Jesus doesn't want me to carry this. I'm just going to bring it to him. That's what he wants. It would have been a totally different story. Jesus says, will you cast all of your cares, bring everything that's a burden. I love that verse. Listen, it doesn't say cast all of your big worries on me. Cast everything that's really big in your life on me. It says cast all the things you care about because because you care about them and I care about you, so I care about them. Think about that. If you're in this theater and you're like, man, I'm just worried, like, after hearing Pastor talk earlier, I think I just need to switch from an iPhone to a Pixel 4, and it's kind of worrying me. And listen, God is like, I care about that because you care about it, and I care about you. Hey, my dog is sick, what, you know, whatever. Fill in the blank. Things that we don't even think that God, like, like I don't know about that. He's holding the whole world together, and there's, like, starving children in Africa, and I'm sure he doesn't care about that. Listen, he cares about it because he cares about you. Come on, somebody. That's what this verse just said. Everything you feel anxious about, bring it to God. Everything that weighs you down, pray to God. Everything you're holding on to is a burden you were not meant to hold on to. And he says, will you bring those things to me? The solution to every burden, all the things that are going to drain you and weigh you down, is surrendering those to him, bringing those things to Jesus through prayer. I was thinking about this. You know who the least stressed person in my life is? It's my four-year-old son, Levi. The least stressed person in my life. He, he really, he, we, we lay him down to, to take a nap sometimes, and um, neither of my other kids were like this. They uh, abhor naps. They hate naps. And uh, Levi, though, he'll just, you know, we, when he, if, if he's not in school, then he takes a nap, and he'll sleep for like three hours. No problems. He'll lay right down, to roll right over, go right to sleep. Just not a care in the world. He wakes up and he knows I'm going to get provided for. They have juice for me. They've got applesauce. They've got raisins. They've got all the things I could ever want and need. We have all the things he needs. The only thing he ever worries about is am I going to get chocolate today or not? Like that's really the biggest worry on his brain. That's it. So, so why is he not stressed about anything? 
He's, he's not walking around being like, are we, are we getting the best deal on this phone, really, with Verizon, or should we be switching over to, like, T-Mobile or something? Is there, is there something we should be doing differently with our health insurance, Dad? Uh, how are we going to pay for college, Dad? We need to go ahead and get that in line. I've really been thinking about my portfolio. Like, he's not stressed about any of that stuff. He's just like, my parents provide. Why does he think that way? Because he's around us all the time. And he sees that anytime he has a need, not necessarily a want, anytime there is a need, his parents provide for him. The Bible over and over again says God wants you to see him as a heavenly father. And he wants you to come to him. He promises, I will provide all your needs, not necessarily all your wants, but, but even bring those and bring those anxieties and all those things that are weighing you down. I want you to see me, God says, as a toddler sees a father. I'm a provider for you. I'm crazy about you. Cast everything you care about. Don't hold on to it. Give it to me. Bring it to me. It's too heavy for you to hold. It will drain you as long as you're holding it, our God says. Cast everything that's weighing you down on me. God says, I'm strong enough to hold it. Can somebody praise him for a second? Because that's what our God does. All right, here's, here's the deal. That was weak. You guys got to praise God a little bit louder than that. Um, Here's the final thing. I'm going to give you this, this, this final thing that's not a drain, but it's actually a positive example that we see from Mary. And, and that is uh, a devotion to Christ that brings life. I know this feels like such a churchy Christian answer. <laughs> like, of course he's going to say devotion to Christ is what brings life. I get it. Okay. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're going through right now, whatever situation, circumstance, whatever it is, Do you know what will allow you to walk through the valley of the shadow of cancer? The valley of the shadow of job loss. The valley of the shadow of breakup. Whatever you're walking through, it will be devotion to Jesus. Out of everything in my life, he is my fixed focus, my my first importance. I am committed to walking my uh, my life in, in a daily relationship with him like Mary. Look at the language that Jesus says. Mary has chosen the good portion She's chosen the better portion, your version might say, your translation. Uh, that, that phrase, good or better portion, was essentially a food analogy. You know what? Mary has chosen the filet mignon today, and I'm not taking it away from her. She's chosen the better thing. What's the better portion? Being with Jesus, knowing Jesus, sitting and learning from him, walking in a relationship with him. Do you want to know what will allow you to sustain, to endure, to face whatever is ahead of you? Whatever you're facing right now, it will be walking in devotion to Jesus Christ. This is the only thing that continually gives life uh, in, in a world that is broken, in a world that is fighting for your attention and fighting to drain you every single day, saying, God, first and foremost, you are my commitment. My, I am devoted to you, and I'm going to walk in relationship with you. Think about what Martha missed out on because she was not devoted first to Jesus, but instead devoted to her task list. She had the Son of God in her living room. Is there a more important person on the planet then or now? Is there a more important person in all of human history who has come over to her house? Think about the limited number of, of people who have ever even, who, who ever even met Jesus. How small was the number of people that, that, that actually had Jesus in their home? And what did Martha do? Did she spend time with him? No, she's in the kitchen trying to sweep things up. And, and, and so I just want you to think about church. Think about what you're missing out on. 
you're afraid of missing out on all the different things that you need to get done in your life. I know. Martha did that. And I think the reality is, is that you're actually missing out on the things that are the most important. You're really missing out on the things that are most important. So many of you are afraid. You're afraid of missing out. That's what drives us to fill our lives with so many things that, that, that we have to get done, we need to get done, and so many distractions all the time. You're afraid of missing out. When, when really what you're doing is you're missing out on the things that matter the most in life. Mary knew the lesson. Hopefully Martha learned it that day. We'll get the band to come on back up, and we're going to sing uh, a little bit more before we leave. But if you have your phone, go ahead and take it out and, and turn it back on. You're going to hear a lot of dings and a lot of, uh, a lot of other things as they come back on here. Do you know what you're going to see when you turn it back on? A Google. <laughs> Whatever, here's what you're going to see. Whatever battery life uh, you had when you turned it off, you're still there. Unless you have a really, really bad phone, I guess. It may have drained while it was turned off. That would be sad. If you had 50%, you have 50%. It didn't, it didn't drain anymore. But do you know what it also didn't do? It didn't charge anymore. It didn't charge up to 100%. Whatever you had is what you're still going to have. The only way for it to charge up fully is for it to be connected to a source of energy plugged into the wall to get the power, right? Every second that it is away from that source of power, in other words, every second that it is not connected, plugged into a phone charger, it's going to continue to drain. This is how the Christian life is lived. You, unlike a phone, are not meant to be charged once at night and then go the rest of the day disconnected from the source of energy, which is Christ. You are meant to be constantly connected. Every second and every moment that you're not living in dependence on him, you will be drained and you will be draining. Every second that I'm not walking in dependence and continually just saying, Christ, will you help me to, to, have, to, to, to have peace right now no matter what I'm facing around me? Will you help me to be aware of you in the midst of my circumstance? Will you give me the courage to, to face and to share faith with this friend? Will you give me the eyes to see people the way you do? It's when I live in a constant state of dependence and walking in him that I experience not being drained, but being filled with life. This is what the whole story is about, church. Let me say it again, because I just want to make sure we get this last point. In the same way that the phone needs to be connected, or else it will constantly drain, as a follower of Jesus, you need to be connected with him, moment by moment, walking in relationship with him, or you will be drained. I want you to know the point of the story is, is not that Jesus is against go-getters. He's not against these people that get stuff done. That's not what it says at all. The point is, is that he wants a relationship with you above everything else. He wants you to know him, and, and, and he, wants, he wants you uh, to move beyond just serving him and doing things for him. He wants a relationship with you, a constant connection with him. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, would you help us to be still? At a heart level, God, would we be still and know and be convinced that you are God. You will be exalted among the nations. You are at work in the midst of whatever we're facing right here and right now. You are sovereign in our lives, God, and we can walk in dependence on you. And you've invited us into a relationship, Lord. 
You've invited us to cast everything that's weighing us down, every fear, every hope, every dream, everything. You've invited us to cast it onto you, all good things and bad things. And so I pray for my friends in this room right now who are walking through painful circumstances in their own life and and are just surrounded by it, that they would cast everything on you, Lord, and that you would sustain them. Father, would you help us to be devoted first and foremost to you, not distracted from the things that pull our attention in a world that is constantly bombarding us with everything except what actually matters. Would you unleash from this room the greatest missionaries for your name's sake who have ever existed, that the greatest days of the church will be in front of us because of the men and women inside this theater who go on to do greater things than the church has ever seen before for your name and for your sake, God. Would you save us from living a life that is devoted, even successful, at everything except that which actually matters in life? Will you protect me, God? Because my spirit is willing and my flesh is pulled by the distractions of the world around me. Would you help those who are weak like me and all of us in this room to be devoted first and foremost to you, our Savior and our King. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name.